guess where our customers go to to find customer training materials? They you go know. to YouTube. They go to, yeah, YouTube or Google. Welcome to C-Lab, the customer education laboratory where we explore how to build customer education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate the myths and bad advice that stop growth dead in its tracks. I am Dave Darrington, and today we have a very special guest on the line. Uh, we have Wendy Hamilton, who's the CEO of TechSmith. Welcome, Wendy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. Okay, before we begin, and we'd like to hear all about your backstory and about your company and your hopes and dreams, we have a tradition here where we always do the National Day of. And today we have two. Uh, it is National Mario Day, which is funny. And I'm sure a lot of Camtasia has been used to record YouTube videos of that. Yeah, and FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's National Pack Your Lunch Day. So what's for lunch today? You already had lunch. I had uh, Annie's Organic Vegetarian Black Bean Soup. <laughs> very boring sorry <laughs> <laughs> you've got cracker bowl down the street right is that near your office unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> i've been there once in four years yeah <laughs> <laughs> the right word unfortunately all right okay we got laughs going that's great let's uh let, let's kick this off so this one would be a little bit different previous episodes we have been doing a ceo track on our podcast and what we've really been trying to do is explore trends and you know what is the what are the things that you're talking with with others about and, and what's your thought leadership that you bring to the table around customer education um TechSmith creates the products we know and we love camtasia snagit are amazing and it, it, this is not you know this is from the heart for me because i use your products wendy every day my team does we love them um for teams start starting out this is great for teams that are scaling and doing great work this is great what i love most is something you said in one of your previous podcasts. These are tools anybody can use. Yep. Right? Um, so with that, let, let's go ahead and start. And Wendy, what I'd like to do first is give you the mic. Uh, tell me about your story. And You have some interesting things in your background. Uh, tell me how you got to where you are today. What was your journey? My journey... Well, out of uh, college, I was a mathematical economics major. Out of, out of college, I joined um, Anderson Consulting, Accenture now, and I did uh, COBOL programming initially. Oh, wow. Yeah, it goes way back. <laughs> so I've been in software production for a long time. I left uh, Accenture to join a um, Adobe Venture um, startup, tech startup, just at the end of the dot-com phase. Um, we did an IPO. Uh, we got acquired. We got acquired again. The second company that acquired us was Thomson Reuters, and I eventually ran a, a business unit for them as a general manager, so at a, a $15 billion company. Um, and how did I get to TechSmith? Well, I think a lot of people know it was uh, it's a family business. It was uh, founded by my father over 30 years ago. And maybe about four years ago, we were both at the points in our career where we were looking for a change. And I had always admired TechSmith, the employee culture, the core values, the customer centricity, 
the technical innovation. That's always been my background. So TechSmith is where I thought I could lead with the values that I wanted to lead with, which is what was important to me at that part in my career. So I left uh, TR, Thomson Reuters, and moved to Michigan and took over day-to-day leadership. That's that's fantastic. That's a great story, too. And there's a couple of things in there that I think are great. I mean, that consultative approach, that consultative mindset is so helpful in startups. And, And you probably know as well as anybody that, you know, in, in my, my space, in our space, I would say being inclusive, we kind of have to think like that. What's the problem and the pain we're solving? So here you are at TechSmith, you're, you've taken the reins and it, we, we love your company. So <laughs> good stuff. Well, by the way, thank you so much for saying that and for the accolades. I, you know, we have amazing employees who, I don't know if it's the Midwest culture, if it's always been the culture of the company, they genuinely want to serve customers. And that that's their fuel. That's their energy for being engaged and happy. So I appreciate it. Thank you. It means a lot. And, and we hung out with, uh, with Matt at uh, DevLearn just recently and just connected. And, and he and Adam and I have talked about about things as well. So let's go forward. Again, we want to be cognizant of your time. Um, We have the first question here around the state of customer education. And what I want to do is frame this up. And again, this is our 34th episode of the podcast. We've been doing this for for a while now. And what Adam and I are doing is, Wendy, is really working with our audience to help build them up and build what you know, we haven't really vocalized this, but what is customer education in our definition? And we define that as being a function that, okay, I'm going to use boring business words here. Um, it strategically accelerates both account and user growth by changing behaviors, reducing barriers to, to getting value, right? Learning our product. And then improving most, most importantly, the way people work, they do work. So, you know, in a much larger company, you're talking, you know, talent development, learning and development, it's a little different. And here we are, small groups, small teams trying to make a difference. Um, and that's where we don't have a lot of resources. And, you know, I, my story is I naturally came to Cantasia because I go, well, I could have used Adobe Premiere or something, but I can't record video or I have to do all, it just fit. You, you fit with our market. So here's our questions around this. I'm sorry for ex- expositioning here. Two questions. Where are things today that you see as you get into customer education? And what are some trends that that you think can apply to this market? Sure, sure. Well, well first, um, I should clarify that within customer education, um, my own focus is specifically on software training, meaning how, how to use an application interface. Um, so my comments are all in, in that, that context. So software industry is TechSmith's largest customer base, and a lot of those, they use it for everyday communication or employee training, but our growing use is really customer education, so external software training. So software, you know, which is my background, um, in my view, has changed a lot and, and changed the whole role of, of customer education. When I worked uh, at, at, you know, big six uh, system implementer, um, software was sold by high-end salespeople with big expense budgets, and they'd, you know, wine and dine. There may be two or three real choices for anything an organization would buy for software. 
Um, and only after the sale and as part of the sale was our customer education in the form of, you know, paid training, usually in classrooms. So customer education was part of that initial purchase. And we, and we serve lots of different types of uh, software companies, but software as an industry is increasingly defined by a completely different model. It's, you know, startups throwing up some technology on the internet, mm-hmm. individual end users finding it through word of mouth, maybe digital marketing, um, all usually in a freeware cloud, you know, SaaS rental model, right? So the customer onboarding is all self-serve and, entirely relies on kind of voluntary engagement and interest and persistence by that end user and end users who now generationally prefer video, right, to to classroom trading. Yeah. So ironically, customer education, I think, is harder to measure the value of than the old days as a, a line item on an invoice. But it's more important, you know. So, so for me, I'm all about the, the business of software. That's all I've done, all I've ever understood. And I would say training is actually the most important part of the business of software other than the product itself because it matters to the fundamentals of the business model. So freeware to paid conversion, renewals, retention. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a whole new world. And, and in this kind of self-serve model, the training needs to be where and when the end user wants it, um, often global end users. It needs to be engaging. It needs to be completely um, efficacious without support calls to tech support because those cost money too. And people really, exactly. end users, customers don't want to call them anyway, right? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And I, I think the other big, big trend um, that we've been doing a lot of work with is a lot of that content, particularly when you talk about application training, technology training, needs to be created by the subject matter expert, you know, not, not by the learning professional who, who've had to, to take a different role. And then um, there's a whole other problem that this type of content is, it's increasingly overlapping with um, tech support content or marketing content or product yeah. documentation content or to, to the extent um, you're training partners or internal employees on the same apps, um, you know, HR and sales content. Um, and if it's not deliberately coordinated across all those groups, and sometimes even if it is, it's impossible to keep out keep up with the amount of content that needs to be created just because of the pace of technical change. Sorry, that that's a whole bunch of no, stuff, but that's that, what I see. That's the kind of brain dump that I have with with my leadership. Like we've got this and this and this and this and this, and they're like, ah, oh, where are you going to start? Building great content. <laughs> 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 We're just going to get it done. We have a project plan. But yeah, that's and you've talked about some other things in previous. Uh, like, and I've listened to some of the podcasts you've given before, where um, generational the generational thing that you've talked about. It's funny because well, I'm I'm a Gen X, um, but I've been a teacher. I've hung out and I've taught in universities, and I'm leaning a lot more towards that. Okay, I'm going to video first, and frankly, I might go to YouTube first. And it's really nice to have a captive portal, but when I want help, I'm out there, and that's a big difference and in how you say that visually uh, visually compelling information is is much more Im- important for what geographically distributed companies there's there's all these things that we have to solve these problems for which makes video a really prime candidate uh, as a solution yeah 
Well, you said something else in there too. You said, um, you know, YouTube, the sort of public availability of, of content. I'll tell you at TechSmith, um, <laughs> we have the, the own, our own innovation, what we're trying to do, you know, we have 65 million users globally. Half of our Camtasia customers have never used any kind of video editor before, let alone a non-linear editor. So it's a big, you know, tra training um, challenge. Um, so, you know, we, we've built up Zendesk tech support, knowledge repositories, even localize them. We have video training portals. Of course we do. Um, <laughs> we, we integrate product documentation into the product interfaces. We create formal certification courses. We've got this free, you know, academy video training. We have a peer-to-peer -peer support online forum, which we nurture. And after all that, all those sources, guess where our customers go to to find customer training materials? They you go know. to YouTube. They go to, yeah, YouTube or Google. Um, and that's something we're trying to figure out right now. Like, what do we need to do to optimize um, training and support content for, for SEO, for search engine optimization, as opposed to marketing content? And what's, what's the difference and what does that need to look like? Because at the end of the day, like, we want our customers to actually find the content and that's where they go to look for it. Yeah. That's uh, that's awesome, and uh, let's let's talk about customers more. So, and again, this this is a transition where we want to get a day to day. Like, who I know, and Adam knows that TechSmith products are what we have in our arsenal that we use every day. They're you know, and and, and the, here's the great thing about it: it's not such a heavy lift to say I had a new contractor started my team as an instructional designer, and I go, oh, we need another account, we'll buy it. You know, it's not a capex expense or anything ridiculous. It's within reach, and 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 I love that. So, here's a question around your customers, Wendy: uh, Is there anything really interesting that's going on within your base? Like, what are the kind of things that people are doing, or the questions that people are exploring, or in and around your your products? Sure. Um... Well, a lot of the, the customer innovation um, we're seeing has to do with how those informal training roles are engaging subject matter experts to, to contribute content. Mm -hmm. um, you know, due, due to the, you mentioned this before, but due to the pace of change and the, the technical complexity of the subject matter, um, learning professionals often need the technical experts to create some part of the content, but that, that isn't mm -hmm. their day job either. It's not necessarily what they want to be doing. They certainly aren't comfortable with e-learning or even necessarily native video tools. So um, our tools do have a good fit with SMEs for what you said. They have a low learning curve and a low seat price, but there's still this sort of scale issue. Now we have one big fortune 500 customer, um, that has embraced that customer education needs to be part of the pre-sales process. So they've engaged all their sales engineers, and you're talking, you know, a thousand sales engineers to rapidly create customized one-on-one -on -one training videos as part of the early sales process. Mm -hmm. We've actually, yeah, it's pretty cool, actually. We, we've worked with them to create this concept of templates in Camtasia um, that we're doing more with in the next release where you can, you know, that centralized learning professional can create 
sort of the guardrails, the best practices, and in the case of sales, the, the branding and the, the professionalism to provide that quality, consistent result, but make it even easier for those SMEs just to drop some content and, and publish. Um, that, that's very formal. We have a whole other large um, company that's um, experimenting with a completely different approach, which is to say, um, just, you know, USMEs, just go create some content. And, and, and they're using our video review product, which is sort of an online asynchronous um, you know, video discussion thread to just incrementally improve that content and just constantly get feedback on it and try to make it better. And their mantra was, um, they just need to get started with something and get this idea of perfection out of the way. So let's just tell them to create anything they want from any, yeah. Perfection is the enemy of done. Right? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's another area too. We see a, a lot of um, challenges, a, a completely different area, which has to do with the localization of mm -hmm. customer education content for you know a, glo a global audience. Um, you know, <laughs> some people take their English video and outsource it to people who, in, you know, entirely redo the screencast with the localized version of, of right. the application interface. Others, um, you know, are doing things with, um, you know, working with their internal experts to, to translate and subject matter. What we're kind of interested in that we see some people doing is really playing with machine translated captions. Um, and how good that can be. And, you know, the appeal of that is just to get it into a much larger um, range of languages than would otherwise be accessible with those other approaches. So that, that's interesting, too. How quickly can you repurpose English content to other languages? Yeah, that's that's amazing. And that's important. In and around what you're talking about, you hit a couple of things that were interesting to the kind of work that I'm working on right now, I'm using work too many times, the kind of work that my team is doing right now, we work for outreach and outreach is a sales engagement platform. And I, I, we have a platform that's so unique, so interesting. We have a concept of a sequence and a sequence is, let's say Wendy, I was trying to get you to take interest in outreach and you had looked at a website and, and had a forum and you get into that forum and I see that and you become a prospect and I'm a sales development rep and I reach out to you and you know, with all the excitement in the world, I tell you everything, but you want more. And I think this is, I really love what you brought up, how training can be a part of sales mm -hmm. and what our team members love to do. Our SDRs are amazing. You'll see them out there all over the place on LinkedIn talking about how outreach this, outreach that. It's super cool. They're super excited and they know what they're talking about and they go and record a small video and then put it out there. We can create videos and put them in a sequence. So impactful. And I, I love that you bring that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, in inbound marketing is all about providing just great content. And it's usually the same thing as customer education content, right? Uh -huh. We're not necessarily seeing our customers. Of course, the ones we really understand t often tend to be larger customers. Um, break down those barriers necessarily between user experience and marketing or customer education and, and sales. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I think there are a ton of synergies there. Absolutely. All right, Wendy, let's, let's go into the, the last big subject area that, that we like to talk about on our podcast. And 
for youth is an opportunity to say, okay, I'm talking with a peer as another CEO. So the CEO to CEO advice level. Um, what are the things that you, Wendy, are talking about when you have the opportunity to talk to a, you know, a peer or a C-level exec, a board member, when we talk education? Um, and I've got a couple other questions in it. Let me, let me just feed you one at a time. So let's start with that. What are you talking with people about? Well, um, if it comes to other CEOs in my industry, I can tell you what I think we should be talking about, which is integration, synergy, standards. I, you know, my biggest concern on behalf of um, certainly video-based customer education is that solutions for creating content and hosting content are not as plug-and-play as they need to be long-term, you know, to serve the customer community. You're, you're laughing. Um, I'm laughing because I have to deal with that pain every day. So yeah. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we have our own online video hosting platforms for things like Flip Classroom, Flip Meetings. Um, but as for our creation products, Camtasia and Snagit, you know, we're 100% committed um, that we're storage agnostic and we want these to you know full, fully work on any any platform and and you know have have a rich experience but not everyone is necessarily um, th thinking about it, it that way thinking about um, best of breed and, and bringing mm -hmm. systems together and so that lack of plug, uh, plug and play, it hurts content creators by increasing sort of switching costs, limiting reusability, often scalability of their own intellectual property. And for consumers, it limits, you know, our ability to innovate with things like um, interactivity, you know, video interactivity, yeah. even simple things like hotspots and TOCs can't, you know, completely be relied upon in a, a standard video player, which is unfortunate. Now, now the counter argument, particularly for software training, is maybe things like interactivity aren't really as important or as pragmatic, but certainly for broader customer applications, um, it, it becomes more important. Cool. Yeah, that that integration in in all the things you're talking about there, like how how are we best using that, and where can we use it, and why? And it's it's challenging. You know, we we use a platform called Skilljar, which is our LMS of choice, and we can embed our content in that, and it works great. Um, but we also are interested in exploring things like Pendo and putting little videos in app itself. Um, so that's great. Let, let me feed you the next question uh, regarding CEO to CEO advice. Um, so when you're talking with other execs, how, how is it that you talk about these things with them? And these two relate. And what kind of topics do they care about when, when you're interacting with them, particularly around education? Um, well, I know I think more about um, um, more customer CEOs. The big topics I've seen have been um, scalability, you know, how do we keep up with, in a SaaS world, applications that change maybe every, every two weeks? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, uh, this question about um, um, globalization, you know, do we need to localize? To what extent do we need to localize? Um, what, what's really practical with, with that pace of change? Um, as well as, you know, what we were talking about before this sort of overlap with, um, you know, marketing and 
you know, for, for the subset of our customers whose training content is publicly facing, what, what's the role of YouTube going to be as it moves more into, instead of, you know, FIFO and Mario videos, it moves more into ed- educational content for businesses, if that's their goal. You know, what, what, what role would that play in a distribution of content? Right. That's that's cool. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. And, you know, I keep thinking about that. There, there was a really great question that came up in a forum that I'm in on. It's a private Slack channel, which it's not so private. Anybody can request um, the customer education Slack. Um, and that was about, hey, this person said, hey, everybody, I just saw some of my content training on my product appear on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I didn't make it. And that that can happen to any of us in this. Here's something I just wanted to, to posit to you know, pitch your direction that I think more than ever leaders are finding others are crowdsourcing or doing things of their own design. I had one person on my team go and create these great administrative videos uh, for our product on his own, right? Pull up Camtasia, started making the stuff. I'm like, Holy cow, this is, this is wonderful. So that it's, this day of we have a cottage industry where anybody can make the content and you've helped to, to make that happen too. Um, I'm like, I don't know where that's going other than to say we have to drop our guard as leaders and say, okay, anybody can create this content. It's going to benefit us. But when what we want to do is kind of control, not control the message, get the analytics of that. If somebody puts a YouTube post out there and it's doing great for our business, wonderful. Um, but the thing that that's difficult to me, and you're talking about all these things around analytics and integration and localization, all these things that at an, at an executive level, we care a lot more about is we want to see, can I correlate ROI, you know, return on the investment for the product, for the work that I've done in education to validate this team and to show that it's working to achieve my business outcomes. It's really complicated. Yeah. I, um, you know, myself, I probably jumped over the ROI concern just from the perspective of how, how can it not be critical to serving your customers, right? Like there, there's no counter argument that this is not critical to serving your customers. Yeah, actually the analytics piece I worry about, We I welcome other people creating, um, you know, co- training content um, on our own products. Some people have made careers of it. Um, that's fine. Um, they're filling in the gaps maybe that we can't always fill in. My concern's always been, how do I know just because that exists doesn't mean that our customers are actually getting their questions answered. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't actually mean that they're successful. Like, how do we, how do we figure that out? Like, how do we really monitor that, oh gosh, the first time if someone downloads a trial, they pop up and see a non-linear editor video interface for the first time. How do I know they're not just collapsing right right there and giving up, right? Um, in spite of all that training out, out there. Um, that, that's more, for me, the analytics question to, to solve is what are people searching for that they're not finding? That's, and, and that's amazing. And you could do a lot with that with Google Analytics. If you're, if you're looking at your inbound you know, everything that people are searching, they're hitting you on and you, you start to do a gap analysis and say, I'm looking for this. I don't have that content or I'm going to this and that content exists, but it's terrible. And this is a challenge for us because we move so fast. We just, the first wave, every time I come into a company and I've done this at Gainsight and Azuqua and Outreach now, the first pass is, look, we've got to build something. We have nothing. And then you build that and then you come back and say, what's working, what's not and advance it. And 
it's it's challenging. And that that whole analytical question is okay. I made the content; it's looking good. I've got great videos. Oh well, it might be a fact that people are looking for a Spanish version of the content. It's a localization issue, or they're looking for something that I didn't have. So I'm I'm glad that reaches your radar, and it should for every CEO. That one stance of this question is like it, the the thing about customer education is that we and this is Adam's quote: uh, customer education is the scale engine to customer success. And it mean it's not the customer success team; it's the customer's success. Can they find what they need in the moment where it's at in a simple to use form? And that's why we tend to come back to, and here, here's an apprehension that I see a lot of companies, my leadership has said this to me, oh, Dave, this has got to be quality. This has to be really high bar. And I go, no, it doesn't. It's got to get done. The customer's not going to care as much about the polish and the transitions and the animations. We'll get those because, you know, Camtasia makes it pretty darn easy to do that on a dime. But it's not as important as getting the content there the first time. And like you said, hey, it's a subject matter expert. They may not be the best person to do it, but they certainly have the authority. And we can come back and hand that to a learning development professional later on. But so yeah. it's a really interesting world. Yeah, it's a completely different mindset. Yeah, and, the, and those are the, the problems we're looking to solve, even for ourselves and hopefully for our customers one day as well. I think you're going to get there. Let me ask you, I'm going to ask you one last thing to, to tap on one last thing. And if you have any other things, we'll, we'll go through that. There was a, a quote you had that, that I saw listed. I think it was on a, on a blog. You're talking about STEM for kids and investment. And you'd cited a stat of, and I might get this wrong, so I'll caveat there. There was 15% of open technical jobs are going to need to be filled by U.S. grads. And we don't have them coming out of the institutions like we want. So you were talking about how we can start getting more people from STEM. Uh, this is related to the CEO thing because I don't think a lot of people think about this. I'm a scientist by education. I have degrees in chemistry. I landed in education and I landed in software. And it's because I kind of, uh, I have that scientific, that's what we call our, our podcast C-Lab, the customer education laboratory. We're, we're experimenting. We're having a hypothesis and theories and we're trying to test them. Um, can you, can you tap on that a little bit more? I think that's just really neat and it really maps to our field. Um, well, sure. I, I, I want to Google quick and confirm the stat. I, I <laughs> actually had a girls who code uh, one, one of their websites. I mean, the reality is we don't have enough um, American college graduates to fill the IT and um um, you know, t technical uh, computer programming roles uh, are forecasted. It's been a long-known issue. I mean, Bill Gates, you know, talked about it at a, a grand jury testimony like ages ago, um, and it's only gotten worse, not better. Mm -hmm. um, Textmas-specific focus um, in a large part of my kind of personal um, background, just independently, has always been. Um, you know, get, getting more un underrepresented populations into STEM, you know, breaking down those barriers. Um, and we have done a lot in our, our local community. That's where most of our, you know, <laughs> just resources go, our charity goes. Um, and, you know, it starts around fourth or fifth grade to try and help inspire kids exactly. that this could be a career for them and expose them to something maybe they hadn't seen before. But there's a lot of support structure that is needed, you know, between that and, you know, co college internships. And we're trying to help kind of each part of the way, at least in our local community. 
Fabulous. I love it. Okay. Well, being cognizant of time, um, let's go ahead and start wrapping up. Wendy, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today? Um, well, um, if you're a customer or not a customer, either, either way, you might be interested in our free courses on uh, video creation, which I'm sure you know well from Matt. Um, TechSmith Academy is a free online learning platform with courses to help you learn more about visual communication and video creation. We've had tens of thousands of people now um, through through those courses and um, keep keep expanding them. Um, the, the the other thing, and if you cut this from the web from the podcast because of um, um, relevance, it, it's fine. But you know what is on our minds right now is how to support our customer community who are suddenly transitioning to remote learning and remote work practices because of COVID nineteen. Um, you know we want to be good community citizens, so we're announcing probably tomorrow or the next day that we're going to provide um, Snagit and video review um, for free until the end of June uh, for any amazing. Yeah. Um, so I don't have the, the website up cause it's not, <laughs> not up yet. Um, but by the time it, this airs, uh, you know, anyone who needs that or who'd be benefiting from that can find out more on our social media channels. And that's great because I was going to ask you about that, Wendy. That with this, this is this is an interesting time. And having been an educator and and doing a lot of virtual and on demand content, this is the time to shine. And you know, if if any of you are listening out there, we'll we'll definitely provide links, Wendy, as soon as you have them. Um, give give uh, TechSmith products your attention. Use them if you are somebody that's uh, trying to build some content right now and you don't know how. This is how. It's a great way to get started. It's easy to learn. And it's a lot of fun. Okay. Anything else, Wendy? No, that's it. Uh, TechSmith.com. I'm, I'm showing my age, but I'm uh, reachable on LinkedIn. My handle is Wendy Hamilton. No dashes, no numbers. That's how I'm showing my age. Um, so I do. Exactly. <laughs> there. Yeah, I got in early. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So again, Wendy, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to share your thoughts. Uh, like you, we're passionate about customer education. We're committed to connecting our growing audience of leaders and professionals to the people and ideas they need to understand the field. So with that, this is a wrap. If you want to learn more, again, we have a podcast website at customer.education. It's a great, great domain. You can find show notes and other material there. And I am at Dave Darrington on LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. Special thanks to Alan Cota for our theme music. And if this helped you out, you can help us out by subscribing to your podcatcher of choice or leaving a review on iTunes. Those two things really help us expose the podcast to other people in our audience. Thank you for joining us. Go out, educate, experiment, and find your people. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.